I'm actually kind of shocked that brokerages allow agents to come into the industry and just set them up with the systems and say, here's all kinds of resources, have at it. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to the Rise and Shine Real Estate Podcast with Neve and Adam, where you can get your morning dose of education, ideas, and inspiration. Hey, realtors, are you interested in upping your game? How about learning from some of the top real estate leaders in the nation? You really don't want to miss the 2021 Real Estate Video Marketing Summit this April 8th. You'll get a 50-page marketing playbook, 10-day real estate video online marketing course, hear from a handful of top leaders in the industry, including the number one ranked real estate educator, Tom Ferry, as they share their secrets to success. Don't miss out on him or other great speakers during this information-packed event. Register today at www.risingsunmediagroup.com. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Rise and Shine podcast. We are happy to have you. Our guest today is Ross Ferner. Ross is with Keller Williams Elite, and he is the owner of Ferner Realty Group in Lancaster, PA. Uh, Ross is really a dynamic uh, personality or a dynamic agent, really good at what he does. And um, I think what you're going to find most interesting today is that Ross is really going to show us how to boil a live frog. (laughs) I'm joking, of course, but I think you'll you'll find that this conversation is really going to be an interesting one. So without further ado, let's get right into the convo. Ross, thanks so much for jumping on the show with us, man. We're great and happy uh, to have you. You got it. Glad to be here. So I, I am curious to know, like before um, getting into real estate, was there a particular event or, you know, something that really uh, made you want to get into real estate as a career? I, it, it was a little bit of happenstance. I, I came from the, the, the corporate world. Uh, essentially a consultant in the insurance space uh, up in Boston and uh, started using uh, some extra income to start investing in real estate, both rentals and some flipping. Um, And then I met a girl and she happened to be from Lancaster and I happened to be from Pittsburgh. And, you know, once she was expecting our first child, we decided, you know, paying $6,000 a month rent for a thousand square foot, you know, apartment in a, concrete jungle probably wasn't the best way to raise your first. So we moved back here. Um, I was unable to keep my corporate job, which is okay. Cause it was eating my soul, um, <laughs> you know? And so came here and said, well, what do I want to do? I liked real estate. I got into flipping um, here. Um, and that evolved into just realizing that there was a great opportunity to one, make good money and to uh, actually get paid to help people, um, you know, with buying and selling. And, uh, real estate. So, you know, it, it was kind of a, a nice natural jump from things that I had, you know, kind of found uh, to be successful in the past. And, you know, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So let me uh, follow that a bit. So you uh, get into real estate here in Lancaster, you're doing some flips. Uh, was there something that like gave you more of a, a desire to pursue sales as opposed to just raw investing? Yeah. Like I, like I said, I mean, on the investment side and, you know, Neve, I mean, you, you try to get things as cheap as possible, you know, renovate it, you know, as cheaply as possible and sell it for as much as possible. And, you know, in there it's, it's, it is, you know, self-serving to, to a degree. I mean, you are, you know, helping to beautify the city and improve your city, uh, so to speak. But, um, on the individual level, I saw that, uh, you know, being a realtor is really helping people's dreams come true or alleviating stress, you know, selling a home that needs to be sold. 
and quite honestly, I thought the bar was low. It's not too hard to become a realtor. And so, um, <laughs> sometimes you have some, uh, performance issues and, uh, you, you know, I, I saw an opportunity to really step in and at least make sure my friends and family got the best results. Um, and it really just ballooned from there. So that I was doing a little bit of flipping and, uh, you know, brokerage business at the same time. And, and now I'm a, I'm a hundred percent brokerage business with, um, you know, in the future, we'll, we'll get back a little bit in the investing space. But right now I'm, I'm all in um, helping people buy and sell. So going through that journey, as you've seen, how you've uh, kind of gone from the corporate world over to real estate. If you were talking to a younger agent who was just getting into real estate, are there any mistakes that either you made or you've seen other agents make that you'd say they absolutely need to avoid? I'm pretty passionate in saying, that, you know, except for rare circumstances based on someone's background that someone new to the residential real estate business must go on a team that provides obviously training in the right environment, but leads and appointments. Um, that's why there's a 90% fail rate. Um, I'm actually kind of shocked that brokerages allow agents to come into the industry and just set them up with the systems and say, here's all kinds of resources have at it. 90% of them aren't around in three years. And there's a, there's a reason for that. Um, so I ended up joining a team through a personal relationship, but it wasn't a team set up for providing leads. Um, thankfully I was one of the 10% that survived or who knows, I haven't hit my three year mark yet, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just it, that, that part seems broken. And I can tell you from experience that it was a, it was a brutal first 12 months, uh, that required a lot of, um, patience and perseverance to, to, to make sure I, I made it out to the other side. If you were starting over again, so if you had to go back to the beginning and you couldn't be on a team, what are some of the first things you would do to, to build that funnel, to get some prospecting done and get some leads? You know, I'll answer this in two ways. <clears throat> first of all, if I was going to pick one thing, it, it's your sphere. Um, and I know that that probably seems cliche and cheesy, and how can that be true? But it really is. I think, you know, I, you know, and I, I started as a realtor a little bit later than probably the average person, you know, and it, it, it newer to Lancaster. And it, it took me, you have to tuck your tail a little bit. I went out, I thought about everyone that I know that knows me, likes me, trusts me, um, you know, and they didn't necessarily trust me in the, the real estate sense of things yet. And I went to them and I said, here's what I'm doing. I'm serious about it. And, and I need your help. And Anyone you send my way, I promise they'll be taken care of and I'll do so by making sure I have a support system. But, you know, I would say you got to build, literally build the list. What, who's the list? Who's in your sphere? Who can you talk to? Reach out to them, tell them what's going on and ask for their help. Start there. Um, the other way I'd answer it is, you know, it's tough. You come in as a new agent to a brokerage and, and it, this all comes from a good place. Brokerage tries to give you every resource possible. Hey, you want Facebook leads? We got that. Hey, you want to issue a postcard? We can make that easy for you. And yeah, hey, you want a circle prospect? Here, here's your scripts. You want a door knock? Here's your scripts. You should go do it. And then you've got someone that sees 15 different options and it's almost paralysis by analysis. You kind of don't do anything well, or you do some of all 15 or 10 or whatever. You need to pick, I think they say two or three things and do it well. And I think you should pick those things based on what you like to do, not what you think is going to be the most successful. So if you don't want a cold call, if that's going to make you want to stay in bed and not get up in the morning and do your job, 
then you probably shouldn't pick cold calling as one of those three things. Um, you know, the, the three that I thrived on, you might not like one of them, Neve, uh, was uh, Sphere, um, social media, and Zillow. And then I built from there. Oh, and I ignore every I ignore everything else. Yeah, yeah. Zillow is a hot topic right now. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna edit that out. We're gonna edit that out, man. I don't want I don't want their name. No, man. You, you gotta you gotta face the truth. <laughs> no, hey, listen. I I mean, you might not know this about me, but um, I bought Zillow leads for a number of years, man. I mean, at one point, um, my team and I were spending over ten thousand dollars a month on Zillow leads. Okay, um, so I I. Yeah, I get it. I get the need for it. Um, but no, I I do. I am a big proponent of agents uh, getting out of that world as soon as they can, as soon as they have the experience and viability to be able to step away from Zillow. Uh, I, I agree with you. It's crazy news. It just came out. You know, it's, it reminds me of uh, what they call it experiment, the boiling frog. Where you know it's kind of kind of a grim example, but that's what this is. You put a frog in in cold water and you heat it up over time, they don't move and they end up um, you know, boiling to death. And that's what Zillow reminds me of. There, you know, they they um, you know that's where people start looking for their homes. But then you know they support the, the, you know the realtors, and then all of a sudden they start hiring their own realtors and they become a brokerage. But they their communications. We still support realtors. We can live in in harmony. And then they buy showing time. And now soon, uh, I would say in Lancaster in 2021, there'll be a button that says, "See this house now." When a calendar pops up, uh, you're able to see the house, schedule your house, and you show up. You don't know who's going to be there. You don't necessarily care. You want to see the house. And a Zillow uh, salaried agent is there. Um, and it's, it's easy. They keep turning up the heat just a little bit, but slowly over time. And I think, uh, I think, uh, we've, we've got a problem here uh, as realtors. So, um, you know, on one hand you need to embrace, uh, technology in your business because that's just where the world's going, but, uh, you also need to, to know your enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like they say, right? It's like you, you keep your friends close and your enemies closer, right? Uh, so you should you should always be, uh, you know, knowing what your competition's up to um, because you want to stay a, a step ahead if, if possible. But no, that's great. I, I love the insight there, Ross. Um, let me ask you this question. Um, what would you say to an agent? I know you have a, a team and you're, you're growing your team and things are going great there. Um, how do you, how do you advise your new agents to, to really build into their business, a level of accountability to, to hit goals, right? So it's not enough just to like, you know, throw, to throw this big uh, goal out there. Like you have to have measurable uh, kind of things to, to hit those goals. Like what are, what are some of those for you and your team? Can you, can you state that another way? Just so I make sure I understand the question. Sure. So when you're talking about goal setting and accountability, what are you putting in front of your agents as a as a metric for hitting their goals? Like to, to be able to 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 hit the, the the goals and have you know sustainability in their business. You know, I'm a newer team, smaller team, we're growing. I think we'll, we'll move towards more standardization, more tracking as I can back out of the business a little bit and, and more look kind of over top at the, at the metrics day to day. Um, I'll have a different answer. So for now, mm-hmm. it's pretty simple. We have a volume goal 
for 2021. We break that down by salesperson. So I have a particular goal. Uh, Sarah, my, my, my second producer, my first buyer's agent has a particular goal. And then uh, I have a, a new person starting here as soon as the license shows up, have a goal. Um, and then we just look at it based on my prior performance and we break it down by quarter. So, you know, Sarah has a goal of X million by the end of March 31st, 2021. And so do I. Um, and that's really how we do it. Um, I know that it should be boiled down to number of calls made, number of connections, number of appointments, and that's where we're going. But uh, I tend to keep things simple, T- mm-hmm. tend to keep things simple. So, um, you know, the goal is to hit that volume. And if it's three million, I don't per se care as much if Sarah finds a three million dollar deal or does it does 30, you know, thirty hundred thousand dollar deals. Um, you know, we're, we're just we're, we're looking towards that singular goal. And we also obviously layer in, you know, work-life balance and, and making sure our clients get the best results and all that. But from a, from a pure performance metric standpoint, it all boils down to one goal broken down by person by quarter. Do you think that too many agents maybe overcomplicate the real estate business? Probably, probably, you know, it depends on you know, what perspective you're asking that from, but you know, I've, I've heard it, uh, the business boiled down to something as simple as TTP, talk to people. Uh, you talk right. to 20 people per day and you'll be a successful agent. And I thought that that was oversimplified and doesn't make sense. Uh, and you obviously need to layer that with some capabilities. Um, but it's pretty true. Even if you have a, a low batting average, you, you talk to people every day about real estate and you do so at a, at a respectable volume, you know, you'll, you'll be successful. And, and then it goes back to the 15 pillars I was talking about that you could pick for lead generation. It doesn't really matter. Just pick the ones you like, pick a few, do them really well, because the result will be you will talk to people about real estate. And despite your batting average, whether it's great or not great, it'll get better over time. But even if it's not great, you'll still be successful. On that talk to people note, um, are you finding with COVID and everyone being a little bit afraid of any kind of face-to-face interaction, are you finding that challenging or uh, have you had to go more virtual? Or are you finding that most clients are kind of getting past their concerns? Just specifically on the, the that talk to people framework, um, how has COVID changed that or hasn't it changed it for you? I've had very little impact. I don't think any of the listings are, are, are too, too afraid of me being in there, you know, figuring out a plan, not afraid of showing as a photographer, et cetera. From the buyer's perspective, they're not afraid to meet in person and go see homes. I mean, obviously we do everything safe. We'll keep our distance, keep our masks on, um, you know, just to, just to protect everyone. But, but it, it, it really hasn't. Now we're doing some more, uh, you know, B2B stuff um, that really hasn't panned out yet. And, and, and there's an impact there because, you know, businesses are, work from home where they've still got, uh, you know, uh, employees that they haven't brought back or they're part-time, you know, or they have rules where they're, um, you know, not allowing any type of external party, you know, entering into the office. So there's a little bit of impact there, but for the most part, I just feel like everyone's being safe and the market's hot right now. And you just kind of work with what you got and be safe. Makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You, uh, you mentioned earlier, um, that, what some of what you're doing with your team is just really, you know, kind of 
big picture goal setting. And then you mentioned work-life balance. You know, I think that's important. How do you help your, you know, your agents as well as yourself work through uh, bringing work-life balance into your daily routine? I, I tell you, on the operations side, it's easier. It's easier to have a nine to five. Yeah, maybe there's a you know an emergency or, or something that needs to be done outside of the hours. Uh, but you know, it's easy on the operations side. On the sales side, it's tough. It is tough to say you're definitely only going to work forty hours and you're going to you know succeed and whatnot. But the way I do it is I'm bringing in you know a new hire, prospective new hire, and I'm asking them you know, in a perfect world. Do you want to work 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, 80 hours a week? And, and then we talk about financial goals and opportunity there. And if someone says, I want to give it my all, but I, you know, because of my personal situation, I can only work 40 or 50 hours and I can't work Sundays or, or whatever it is. You know, if it's the right talent, then, then, then I, I respect that. I bring them on and we, we, we work through it. Um, we work as a team. We cover for each other. On top of that, I think, you know, as a, as a team leader being uh, cognizant and aware of, of people's personal relationships, that they're putting in lots of hours and it happens to be a slow day, telling them to go home, relax. Um, I, I do constantly, you know, I, I talk to, to my team about making sure, you know, your spouse and your family is, is happy because if they're not happy, you're not happy and then none of this is worth it. Um, so it, it's just an ongoing conversation. I think as a leader, you, you, you need to have a pulse on what's going on and, and also not forget your own family. But uh, as an individual, it's been a little bit since I've been an individual agent. I just think you, know, you, you work to live and not the other way around. Um, as, as fun as it is, I mean, you got to, you got to keep your family happy. You got to be happy and you got to be healthy and you got to go do some other stuff other than real estate once in a while. Hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good to hear you say that. So let, let's follow that a bit. Um, what what do you do for fun? Like, what are some some things you do outside of real estate? Well, I, I you know I have a I have a four year old and a two year old, so that uh, um, yeah. it, it, awesome. it is my fun. You know, um, it's, it, we we spend a lot of time with family, even though even though we got a team and it's growing. I mean, spend the mornings with my kids. You know, try to spend the evenings with my kids from like five to eight, and then yeah. I have to pick the computer back up from maybe nine to 11 or nine to midnight. And that's okay. Get up a little bit earlier than everyone else. That's okay. Cause uh, I, I, I don't want to miss a moment, uh, you know, for the, my little two year old, my little four year old outside of that, I think in the, in the pre COVID world, I did like to actually go out and, uh, you know, have a drink or, or have some dinner. Um, wife and I sneak away once in a while for, for a dinner and then home early to the kids, you know, Outside of that, I you know I, I definitely like the golf. I've got a little bit better, a little bit better. I'm under 100 now consistently, but but that's barely. Um, but yeah, Re- I'm really I'm really family focused. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, especially in this industry, it's not easy. No, no. Well, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, and and you know, and the thing is that we want to uh, make sure that agents understand that there there is more to having a thriving, successful real estate business than just giving everything to your business. I mean, you can do both, right? That said, where can we have people 
find you when we uh you know put your information in the show notes and you know have uh you know maybe other agents who'd like to talk to you about joining your team or maybe clients who'd like to find you where where can we direct them so they can get in touch with you i mean you can just google the ferner realty group or ross ferner neve i don't i don't care if you put my information in the notes my, my cell phone number that's fine um happy to talk to anyone great well, thanks again for your time. We'll be sure to link that up in the show notes. We'll put the details there, um, any social media profiles. I really appreciate you taking the time. I think it's yeah, some great encouragement uh, for new agents and then just, yeah, keeping a life, uh, keeping general life in, in perspective with real estate. So Absolutely. If someone wants to, to see when I'm hiring, we'll put it out on, you know, obviously the job sites, but on, on my social media, uh, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, as well as LinkedIn. So you can find me, Ross Ferner. Um, you know, it'll, it'll drive you straight to, to, you know, my different profiles for my team. Sounds good. Sweet. Well, thanks again, Ross. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks, Ross. Yeah. Thanks, Neve. You bet. See you, Adam. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Rise and Shine Real Estate Podcast with Neve and Adam. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Check back every Tuesday and Thursday for new content. This podcast has been brought to you by the Rising Sun Media Group. For more information, check us out at www.risingsunmediagroup.com.